Hello, this is the Young Gunners from the Texas Young Lawyers Association. We cut through the noise and discuss practical tips and challenges facing new attorneys in Texas and the United States. In this episode, I'm your host, Tim Newman. I'm a partner at Haynes & Boone in Dallas and currently serve as treasurer of the Texas Young Lawyers Association. We're recording from San Antonio today where we're holding our quarterly TYLA Board of Directors meeting. I'm talking today with A.J. Bingham about young lawyers' use of social media. A.J., good morning. Good morning. Glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. So you're the founder and CEO of the Bingham Group. What's yes. the Bingham Group? The Bingham Group is a pure lobby firm, just to cut it to the chase. We focus on government affairs, so at the state and local level, the local level primarily in the Austin metro, and then we also are operating in procurement, so government contracting at the state and local level, then public affairs in the Austin metro, and that's focused on uh, engaging the public on political issues. And you're also a JD, right? Tell, that's correct. Tell, tell yeah. us your path. How'd you end up where you are today? Uh, my path was my last year of law school, I realized I may I, that I might not want to be a practicing attorney, and I was looking for other other paths to follow that could still leverage the skills I'd learned in my, my law school career. And two of the ones that that I just came across were uh, lobbying and also being a talent agent. And for both, because the, one of the core skill sets was just relationships. And for whatever reason, I, I in doing an assessment of my time through law school, I realized I just had to be really good at that. And the sense of, you know, from getting... Um, getting into interviews situations and getting offers based a lot on just selling me. Right. And so similarly to with those paths, you're selling, you know, you're selling um, someone's talent, you're selling a, a bill. Right. And my family's from Austin. I grew up there and I realized I didn't want to go to DC and lobbying just the lobbyists I met and investigating that seemed for lack of a better word, my kind of people uh, just, a mix of a social, very socialized group, but also analytical when you're drafting bills, analyzing, um, you know, looking at procedure in the Capitol and city governments, and that was it. And so I, I treated it like a working thesis that this is what I think I want to do, and let's pursue it. And, you're, you know, every year, even with this firm, it's a constant test of that thesis. And thankfully, so far, it's been near a decade, and it's worked out well. Well, you're also widely recognized as a social media guru. So how, how did you get so involved in social media? How did you get to know it so well? You know, it's uh, it was definitely organic. I'm uh, just for background, I'm 35, and Facebook came up was the first major platform that I used. I mean, I dabbled on. There's some prior iterations, MySpace for those of a certain age to remember that, and Friendster and some other yeah. ones way, way back, but. Facebook was the first one that I think was the, was the major platform I was on, and that came up when I was a junior in, in college. And so, and even then, it was just you're just using it, and you don't really know how to use it. I think it's just one, you know, it, it was there. And it's a brand new thing. We forget it's not that old of a, of a tool. Yeah. Um. But from there, it's just it evolved my career. I remember the first time I got on LinkedIn was my probably my my two L year of law school. And again, when you're not in a career yet, I'd gone straight from law from undergrad to law school. Again, you're 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 meeting people, networking, but you're not in a career situation yet. But it was on there, just connecting with folks I met at conferences, my law school classmates, and and it's evolved. And so overall, I mean, my my use of it and all the platforms has evolved as I've grown in my career and personally too. Um, that that answers your question. 
Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks again for lending us your expertise. And I'll confess I'm at best a novice with social media. I'm on social media. I've got LinkedIn mm-hmm. and Facebook and Twitter accounts. But I would say I'm more of a practitioner. I think, I think with this, because, you know, I'm always weary of, of, uh, with social media, quote unquote experts. I do think there are people, I, the people that I tend to take advice from are people that are using it. And seem to be using it well, right? And they're using, you know, they're they're all they're they're testing new soft platforms and softwares out there and just seeing what works. And they're at, but they're active users, right? Because that's a right. big thing too. If you know, we'll get, I know we're gonna get into that and in some of the questions later on, but you have to be with any platform you're using. The best way to learn it is by just engaging on it, and you know, I think that applies to life too. Yeah, well, so let's talk about this. I mean, we let's let's talk to our young lawyers who are beginners in this space. Like, mm-hmm. what are what when we say social media? What are we talking about? What do we mean by yeah, that? Yeah, I think that, that's everything. That's that's Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram. I mean, they're going to be things that we're going to run. I'm sure there are platforms now that I'm just not aware of because it's past me. But right. the major one, I think, for our for our purposes of our conversation, professional life, those the, the big four are the ones that um, that I think about when I think of social media. Okay, and for young lawyers, or Twitter that, too. I'm sorry, Twitter. Okay, well, and, and for young lawyers that want to get started, what's a good way to to get started? How do they dip their toe in the water? Mm-hmm. What are the first steps? I, I would probably, I would, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of these young lawyers are probably have, have been using these platforms for most of their high school, college, and current you know current lives, and so it's not so much about using it; it's more about I think pivoting and how am I, how are you using this for your in terms of your professional career, which is maybe a total new thing. And so it's not, it's, it's differentiating who your audience is with these platforms going in law school and your personal life. It may be more, is more about your friends and your family, um, versus connecting with partners, connecting with other thought, thought leaders, um, and other, you know, young professionals, young lawyers and other markets may want to work with. Right. So it's more, I think coming from law, coming from law school into the working world, if you've, if this is your first, you know, assuming you went right through law school, um, from undergrad, it's really about figuring out how the pivot becomes to your work environment and using those, those tools. So what can lawyers use social media for? Everything from, I mean, promoting, per, primarily promoting their personal brand. And that word, I think that word's evolved in you know, different terms, but it's really about who you are as a professional. And that can be, you know, I'm, I'm AJ Bingham of Bingham Group. There's that, but there's also AJ Bingham in the community. And the way I look, I, my approach to social media is, Particularly for professional services, professionals, that's what we all are, you know, at our core. Though you're who you are, you are, you know, I, you are an extension of your firm, but you're also your own, you know, your own brand as well. And so people see you. If I look at Haynes and Boone and want to hire them, I may have gone through you because I like Timothy as an attorney, as a partner there, right? Versus Haynes and Boone as a brand. I mean, I know them at all, but I know you. And I've seen you, you know, you know, as an example, talk at a conference. You could be talking to a, a community group to Boy Scouts about what you do. But all those things for profession for our for, our, for professional services groups relate to how you, you know, generate business and then who is who you are. Because I would preface I've never worked at a big law firm or any law firm, but I'm 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 coming to you. I'm you know, you're the one who I want to work with. You're the one billing me. You're hiring the you're lawyer. hiring yeah. You're carrying yeah. your firm slack, but you're the one I want to work with and all the things you do with your personal social media, and I think the professional and personal at this point are intertwined, um, or at least they should be thought of that way because I think that's how they can be perceived. Um, you have to look, point back, that, um, that's how I would approach it. 
What's your favorite form of social media for lawyers? I professionally, or, or across the board, I would say LinkedIn is the best to use. And why is that? I feel you get the best, you get you get the most organic reach from what I've seen. When I post a news article, when I post con- just um, original content, and I compare it from a post I might, I might do on my on my, on my business account for LinkedIn, or I'm sorry, on Instagram or Facebook, I look at the reach, I look at the interaction of it, and also where are the people I want to connect with? Where's the most the audience I want to connect with professionally, this by and large, there's going to be more of them on on LinkedIn. Um, Facebook, it's still, it's a mix, but it's going to be more personal. Instagram and Twitter, I mean, Instagram is more visual. But LinkedIn, I feel, gets the most bang for the buck in terms of um, thought leadership and also just interaction with uh, peers and people you want to reach out to. Let's, let's talk about some of the content then. So, what what do uh, you know, what should young lawyers be posting on LinkedIn or, mm-hmm. or Facebook? I professionally, you know, your 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 successes. I think you know, and taste, tastefully sell the humble the whole humble brag thing. Which I think, honestly, as you as a professional service personal services group, there's nothing wrong. I mean, you have to sell yourself. I think even you know in law school, at least from when I went there, and I know I don't know where y'all, you went to law school. They don't teach us to think like entrepreneurs, even though that's essentially what we are, right? It's the the path has been historically go to a firm and you'll learn the business development skills. Even those those are the ones that I'd argue are parallel as important as your legal skills because you can be the best lawyer in the world, but if you can't get a client, then what does it matter, right? Yeah. And so to that to that vein, I. I look at it as you you have to promote yourself, um, promote yourself and your skills. And so if it's if it's your you know case victory, I know there are, there depending on your market there are ethical constraints about how that's done. But there are you know and there those are things you should do. I think if it's if you're getting invited if you get invited to talk at a, at a firm event if you get invited to talk at any event right you have to be. Um, those things are important. You have to show what you're up to, what you're about. Because the reality is, and I know especially in the legal world, there are tons of lawyers out there. So looking at it is how am I, how is Timothy differentiating himself from lawyer X, Y, and Z, right? All these little things do that. What should lawyers not be posting on mm-hmm. social media? Um, you, you have to be cognizant of the, who, what you want to represent. And like, like I said earlier, when I'm, if I'm client A and I'm looking for a law firm, and for whatever reason, I mean, the world's small. The world, the physical world is small, and the social media world, the world of the internet, makes it even smaller. So I could, we had a great, it could be that we had a great conversation at an event, and I said, you know, I got your card. I look you up, and most people do Google people, you know, for anything. I look you up, and the things I may find, depending on what your privacy settings are, which is an important thing too, that be aware of those. I could see, I mean, I could see whatever you put out there, and you have to be aware of what you put out there personally. And we that that's played out in, in across multiple industries today. What you put out there personally can affect who you, how people will see you professionally, and I, that's something I, I keep in mind with my brand. I mean, I I probably my friends will say I definitely post. Uh, I try to show a very well rounded view of myself because I my view of it the, the view of the world is I rather give that you know let let people see enough of who I am overall than that one contained side of me. Um, the professional side, 
But also, I think it's because I'm around a lot of politicians all the time, so it's, it, I'm kind of geared towards treating these things like a campaign. I won't see me with my family, me in a meaningful way, or me, you know, as a few of my friends say at the gym, and just see that I'm not just a suit doing lobbying work, you know? You mentioned privacy settings. Any mm-hmm. recommendations for, for privacy settings? I haven't looked deeply into all of them, but I mean, they, they all, and every platform has, um, at least more so for photos and whatnot, they have settings and how and who can see what you post. So if you want to set it to friends, set it to or, or more so block certain folks. So I know in certain cases it may be if you you know if you have a superior or someone or a client that you met that or a potential client that you that added you, you don't want to block them, but you want to make sure they don't see certain things. There you know that requires a little more legwork. And the danger though. And this is why I think it's better. You're better off just having a general sense about what you post across platforms, is because, you know, people, there are people on Facebook. I don't know how many friends I have on there, quote unquote friends, that I haven't talked to in years, right? And so sometimes you'll post something, and you'll get that, you'll you'll get a like, and you realize, oh wow, I haven't talked to him in ten years. But you realize many people are looking at your stuff. Yeah. So you're better off, I think, just if it's something, taking a step second. Same thing with emails. Um, when you're about to post it or that comment or that reshare or whatever it may be to just think it through about what this could mean for you, for, for you and your practice. And I think it's particularly if you're at a, a larger or any firm, but at a large firm where there's just more institutional, you know, more, more, more things to be cognizant of in terms of the marketing of that brand. If you're a solo practitioner, you know, you, you're kind of, it's, it's really, you know, you're free to do what you want to do. But in the sense of, you know, whether you're in a corporate environment to any kind of big corporate environment, there are things that that company, company policies, the company's policies may be that you need to be wary of, I, I, I think. What are the ingredients of a good post? Mm-hmm. I, I think primarily it's, you have to know your audience across the board, knowing your, who your audience is. Um, and I'll give you an example. So my younger brother, he's, He's uh, his mid twenties, and there are posts. He might post, you know, will be, a, you know, it could be a pool party picture. He posts a pool party picture and get, you know, two hundred likes. I post a pool party picture and get maybe twenty likes. It's because the our, our audiences, you know, and our peers are and who's looking at our things are just different people in our lives. On the flip side, I'll post something, um, a commentary on just a political issue, and I'll get 50, 60 likes on that, like really strong interaction, um, because that's where how people identify your brand. And so when I think, um, not that that's the reason to post anything, but knowing who your audience is. Beyond that, it, I think the, my best posts have been ones that were informative in some way or helpful. Um, even if they were talking about something I did or had did or done or was going to do, it was a way of wrapping it into how someone else could do that, right? Or, and also thanking the people, so the, thanking the people who might have brought you into that, situ- that um, to that that opportunity. For example, in this case with this podcast, you know, I, I have a few pictures already. So thanking, you know, you, TYLA, uh, Sally and the folks who are looping me in that thing that has a way of, uh, it's just, it's just almost, it's human nature. People like seeing people be nice <laughs> as much as that doesn't seem to be the way the world now. Right. It's, uh, is that I think, but short, short form posts, I think are good. And if you want to make it longer, I would suggest having it. If it's me, a longer form post, having a short, short uh, caption and then maybe linking to your blog or wherever else it may be on, on social media where you can find the, the full the full amount on there, the full post. What's the best post you've seen from a lawyer? I haven't, so yeah, I haven't seen, I mean, they've all, 
I haven't seen a really good one or a bad one, but honestly, it's, it's not something I really look for. Um, I think the, the the people who do it well, again, um, just the, the lawyers I know personally, they have a good sense for who their market is. I'll give you an example. So with my own podcast, I had an, a friend who's a solo practitioner reach out to me about wanting to sponsor it. And I, I honestly, when I started mine, it was more just for fun. I did it for fun. I wanted to reach out to my networking and loop in folks who I thought had interesting things to talk about in our community in Austin. But I, the idea of it being a revenue generator had never really crossed my mind. So when we brought it up, and, and it made sense because my my market in terms of uh, exposure was his market, it's Austin Metro. Um, he saw, and he's already involved in um, it's the Lowy Law Firm, Adam Lowy, but he's involved um um, you know, a lot of print ads like on Tribeza, a local Austin glossy magazine. Um, he's on social media. And a lot of his posts aren't necessarily about, uh, his may be good in the sense of they're not about his firm so much. He'll, he'll post victories. He does personal injury law, but he'll also post things about Austin almost like it has nothing to do with the firm. It's just, hey, this is a great picture of downtown and looping it in that way. You know, you, you see commercials about Coke or Pepsi like that, right? Where Pepsi may come up at the very end. In the you know in the uh, just right. in, the, in the image, but the whole commercial you're like, what is this about? And sometimes those are good, so it's a mix of that. But I think nothing there's nothing wrong with posting your victories and posting again your accomplishments and those things um, in video form. If it's a picture, I mean, well, with a picture or video, making sure it's good quality. And I know it can be difficult in the sense of finding someone who can do it for you if you're the one speaking right, but. Um, the technology with the cameras we have, with, you know, I have an iPhone, I know Samsung, they're all, they have, they're good enough cameras to do it. The toughest part is planning ahead of time to find a person in the audience who can go ahead and do it for you. A lot of times for me, I just hire someone to do it because I know I'm going to get good, good quality pictures. So AJ, you know lawyers are busy. Mm-hmm. And most of us would prefer to be practicing law than posting on social media. But how can lawyers maximize the time that they have to spend on social media? Mm-hmm. I would treat it... Uh, just, I would treat it just like working out if you do that. You know, just figure out what works best for your personal schedule. So if you, you know, if it's, if it's 30 minutes in the morning, um, at noon or in the evening, right? Figure out what works for you. The, 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 I think the, the, one of the, coming to your earlier point about, or question about the best posts, being consistent, I think is key, no matter what time or day you're doing it. But again, keeping in mind your audience. So if you're a global firm and you're, if you're the global managing partner or, Mention partner of a global firm, you have you know you have people and audiences across all across the world, so you can post any time you want and probably get a good response. If I'm an Austin-based lobbyist and my, most of my audience is in Austin around the area or Eastern Texas, I'm posting around a Central Time Zone, uh, um, um, you know, just metric, right? I'm not going to post at midnight in Austin. Expect to get a lot of interaction in Austin. I'm posting you know when people are getting up in the morning, when people are at eleven or noon, they're going to lunch. At three o'clock, when there might be just kind of getting in that stretch of things and all that, but you have to—I uh, mean, just knowing your audience. You mentioned technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there any tools that you use to create posts or to push out posts or mm-hmm. manage your social media? Tell us a little bit about some of the tools you use. Yeah, there the two that I use. Um, one's called Adobe Spark, and one's called Adobe Video, and they're—they can be used. Um, you can, they're web-based. You can use them on your mobile phone. They're, there's a—they're freemium, so they're up to a certain point. There's a lot of free. Sp- Free, uh, or, um, um, free uh, programs. Not free programs. It's free. Um, what I'm thinking of here. Uh, functionalities they have on the on their platforms. I like those two just because I can cross I can cross post and take a video and make it a picture. Um, but those ones I like. They both allow you just to make 
little short video clips with graphics. You can put in your own images and pictures. You can add a little uh, watermark logos. And as someone who, well, I would say we're, we're all techies at this point. It's something that is, it's very intuitive. If you're not so tech inclined, but you know how to use an iPhone and know how to use it like Facebook and so on, you can. it's enough to figure it out. It's not that complex of a thing. That's why I like those two. But there are tons of, of um, apps and software out there for these kind of things. Um, those are the two I came across and just looking at, you know, what, what my needs were and Adobe is a good brand. I'm not, you know, not sponsoring or anything, but they're, they're, they're a known quantity in, the, in this space and in, in uh, video and picture and graphics. But yeah, there are tons out there. And if you're with a big firm or company or organization that has a good marketing or media team, I mean, some of that's out of, you know, I wouldn't worry so much about that. There's you know, an infrastructure for you, but for these softwares, if you're a small firm, mid-sized firm and, I mean, I have a marketing budget. Those are the ones I found are the best use for me. So we're going to get a little bit more advanced here. Let's talk about analytics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess first question is, what are analytics? Yeah, analytics, I think, I think they are just ways of measuring your audience, your interaction, who's looking at your posts, and going deeper into all the data that you can assess, you know, giving the, the information to assess who your audience is and what they're doing. Is that something that lawyers should be paying attention to as they post, or is it kind of noise? Should they just be focused on the content? I think they should at least to know who's if just to see who's liking and who's interacting with it, right? If you're if it's someone, so say you had a, a post, uh, a thought piece on LinkedIn, and you you got a like or a comment from a CEO of a company in your market or any market, and you you know they're. For a reason you know they're look there could be in the, in the market for a firm that's something I'd look at so overall interactions it's more about looking to seeing who's who's looking at your posts who's commenting right but I think it's important for from the rainmaking point of view um, and a lot of times it's easier to interact with someone on these sites than it could be to get through get through their um, through their office ad and then everything else to get to them well, I'll give you the closing comments is there anything that I, I haven't thought to ask or anything you want our audience to hear I would I, well, first, thank you again for your time, and thank you for having me on your first first podcast <laughs> guest. This is a fun adventure. I mean, overall, I would say don't over use some common sense with social media, but have fun with it too, and don't overthink it. I don't think there is such a thing as the best post or the best time to post broadly. I mean, within you know within a reason, I said knowing who, knowing your market is. But if you, if you Google it, you'll find all sorts of metrics and algorithms for how to figure it out but that it gets it gets convoluted if you know i'm an austin-based attorney i want to post for austin then make your post you know eight o'clock in the morning make them at noon make them at three but make sure it's not just resharing make sure it's content that displays who you are and then ties in to who your what your firm is and what you're trying to do um in my mind for young attorneys these social media platforms and for the use of this podcast assuming it's about how are you developing their themselves as um, their brands as attorneys and and more importantly how can this how can they be someone of value to their firm whether it's their own firm or they're working um, you know as in a partnership capacity and how are they gener- generating value for the firm and to me value is are we bringing in clients not in the day it's client development all these things to me are about and how I use my practice for my uh, for my social media it's, it's this is all client development all these things tie back to that. Before we close out here, I do want to mention that depending on your jurisdiction, there are likely some legal ethics rules that impact how lawyers use websites and social media to help build their practice. We encourage all of our listeners to review those relevant ethics rules before posting. AJ, thanks again for being with us. Thank you for having me on. 
Thank you all for listening to Young Gunners from the Texas Young Lawyers Association. If you like our show and want to check out other episodes, they're available on our website, tyla.org, and wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a topic you want to hear about, email us at tyla at texasbar.com or send us a tweet at @texyounglawyers using the hashtag Young Gunners. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. We hope to see you back here for another episode. Thank <laughs> you.